With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie. Formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services. Marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Maybe I'm crazy, but Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion were not the first rappers to talk about sex. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks for joining us today. Kind of a sad day in sports. Uh, college football conferences are canceling their fall seasons. We'll talk about that in a second. We've got the whole crazy gang here. Heller, Donnie, and T with the Culture Report, where I will talk about <sighs> this ridiculous reaction to Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion's new song, WAP. Um, if you don't know what it means, just Google it. Not hard to figure out. Um, it's a bop, and we'll talk about that, as well as the Whitney Houston movie and lots of other stuff. Uh, Cam Newton. The NBA has been amazing. I've been sitting around on my couch all day watching NBA. It's like it's like the NBA March Madness tournament in August. It's incredible. I love it. But let's get started with talking about the college football news. So Big Ten and Pac-12 have just announced that they are canceling their fall football seasons. We've kind of been on a slow crawl to college football, trying to figure out if we were going to have seasons or not. These conferences opting out of the fall season or canceling them is obviously massive, massive news for the industry. It's a huge ripple effect. Many, 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 many things are affected by them canceling the fall football season. Overall, my number one takeaway is I feel horrible, horrible for these student athletes whose futures are going to be affected by them not having a fall football season. They're talking about moving it, moving it to the spring, which is kind of ridiculous. And I'll get to that in a second. But 
my immediate uh, emotions are with the the students because it's awful for them. Their futures, you know, for some of them will depend on playing a football season. Um, they've committed to these schools. It's it's really devastating for them. Obviously, there's coaches and, and uh, staff that may lose their jobs. There are cities that are going to be affected financially by this. There's there's just there's a lot of ripple effect, like I said, to them canceling the football season. I really haven't given a prediction about whether they were going to have college football or not. I wasn't really optimistic. And my main reason for why I wasn't optimistic is also my main takeaway from other than obviously the kids being affected from this decision that has been made. And that is we need a college football commissioner. We just do. Like it's it, it's time. We we we've derived at hell's gates. All right. We may have some college football this year. There might be the SEC. There might be the ACC or Big Twelve. We don't know. Pac twelve and Big Ten are out, so they say. But there needed to be a commissioner, much like our country and its states. There needs to be a strong leader who can unify everyone and get everyone on the same page and have one voice and help get everyone together to make decisions that affect everyone else because that's what this is really about. And college football doesn't have that. Mark Emmert is the head of the NCAA. He's not making all these decisions for all of these different conferences. And college football, much like our country, is made up of different conferences who all operate independently, which is why the Big Ten and Pac-12 opting out don't necessarily mean that the SEC or the ACC are going to opt out or, or cancel their seasons. There needs to be a commissioner of college football. They treat college football like it's a professional sport, even though it's not. And then you run into these situations where you have to make these massive decisions for thousands and thousands of people. And there's no unification across the board. There's no one person bringing everyone together, making these decisions, laying out a plan so that we can all get on the same page. So the biggest takeaway for me this, the biggest learn from this is that that needs to happen. Someone needs to be paid and they don't need to be under Mark Emmerich. They need to be beside him. They don't have a boss. They're not answering to anyone. They are, they are solely there to get college football to the next level so it can run seamlessly, so it can get rid of all the excess nonsense that doesn't need to go on and can get everyone on the same page. It's super important. And had that happened, we wouldn't be in the, the situation that we are in today. Now, look, I understand they're student athletes. I was a student athlete. My older brother was a student athlete. My younger brother's a student athlete. I spent a lot of time around college sports. I understand what this is all about. I understand the anxiety of sending a kid out to play football and a pandemic. I'm aware of the, the, the implications of that, right? So I don't say anything that I'm about to say with any callousness or avoiding the situation. I think you know where I stand on all of this right? But here's the situation. These leagues have all done an amazing job. The professional leagues have all done an amazing job at getting back to playing sports. We've seen it. The bubbles are amazing. There's, there's been no positive tests. There's been thousands of tests administered. Everyone gets tested every single day. Even baseball, who had a, a couple of hiccups, they're not in a bubble and they've, been managed, they've managed to do it. But the difference is professional sports cannot in any way be compared to college sports. There's so many layers. It's so much more complicated than that. So what really had to happen in order to get college football back, aside from having someone get everyone on the same page, which obviously that did not happen. One, this year, they had to treat college athletes like professionals. 
Now, what does that mean? It means that they are the ones literally taking all the risk. The college students are while not getting paid. And that's the main reason why you can't compare it to professional sports because professional sports are represented by unions and agents and they collectively bargain as a group of adults who are paid for what they do to decide to put themselves in that situation. They're being paid to do that. College athletes are not paid to do that. Therefore, they cannot, and they don't have representation. So they can't walk in a room and say, hashtag, we want to play because they don't have anyone representing and fighting for them, right? So you had to give a little bit. And in order for them to give a little bit, they'd also have to give a little leverage they have moving forward when there's no longer a pandemic and the student athletes wanna come back and unionize or come back and make more demands because they were able to do it before during a pandemic when they realized they are the actual product, nothing else is. They're the product, there are no owners. They are the ones bringing in all of the money, all of the TV revenue, all of the sales, all of the merchandise, it's all 100% student athletes. So they need to be treated like professionals in this pandemic, which, which these schools were never, ever, ever, ever going to do. That's one. Two, the medical protocols had to be agreed on uniformly by all of the conferences. That's what a commissioner would do. They would put together a, a, a medical protocol plan, right? Just like all the professional leagues did. Everyone would sit down together using all the information that we have currently, figure out how we could get testing for every single school, right? Or, or a testing protocol for every single school. How are we going to house the football players? How are we going to house football players that have, they're going back to schools where their students coming back? How are we going to house the football players that are going back to campuses where there are no students? Is that even going to work? How's it going to work with Title IX? Do we have to bring back a one women's team? There's, there's so many complicated things to this, but the medical protocol needed to be agreed on by everyone, just like it was with the professional sports, right? And waivers needed to be signed for all of the athletes. Now, everyone is freaking out about this when you say that. Like, how could you ask someone to sign a waiver that signs away their, their right to sue? Because that's what this is all about. What this all comes down to at the end of the day is liability. Because they keep talking about how it's about health and safety. Well, if it was about health and safety, then why would you want to play a spring, spring season? Because if you play a spring season, then you're playing two football seasons within one calendar year, which everyone in football agrees is not a safe idea. It's, it, it, it's, not, it's too much for the human body. So it's really not about health and safety for the actual body. It's just health and safety for getting a virus, which then you could come and sue the school for. So liability waivers that, that cover the school completely would have to be signed by all of these athletes. And I know that sounds ridiculous and callous, but that's the reality. There was no way that these schools were going to put themselves in a position where they could possibly get a class action lawsuit for bringing football back. They're not going to do it. They're just not going to do it. And you can't blame them for not doing it. Why? If I'm a school administrator, I'm the school president, I'm going to risk a, a multi-billion dollar lawsuit by the football team because we allowed them to come back during a pandemic and, and, and don't have any protection legally. Like this, these are the things that happens if someone gets sick. So there was no way that any of that was happening without it. You're talking about student athletes. So not only would the, the adult student have to sign it, their parents would have to sign it. Say they're underage, because I, I, mean, I went to school as a student athlete at 17. Your parents would have to sign it too. It's incredibly complicated. On top of the fact, these schools, unlike bubbles, and unlike professional leagues that aren't in bubbles, because these people already live in their homes, these athletes, these student athletes are going to communities where they don't live. So if they have COVID, they're bringing it there. 
if they're if they're out into the community, they could spread it if they're not being responsible. So this is not just about affecting the students that are inside the the campus. Campuses are in cities and, and in small towns. So you're talking about hundreds or thousands of students coming back to a, a community and possibly spreading it there. So there's so many layers to bringing college football back. And the bottom line to me is this was a complete and utter lack of leadership. We've been saying it since the pandemic started. If you wanted college sports back, if you wanted sports back, everyone needed to be responsible. Nobody wanted to hear anything about it. Everyone's out here with their uh, fake medical degrees and their YouTube conspiracy videos trying to convince everyone that this isn't real. Well, here we are. Like I said, we're at hell's, we're at hell's door. This is the reality. And this is not something that I think any of these uh, league commissioners or these conference commissioners took lightly, but there are massive effects to them canceling the college football season. And uh, really, we are pretty much all to blame for it. Like that's that's just the reality of it because the pandemic is raging. There's no leadership. There's no one getting this under control. There's no one telling anyone what to do that makes any sense. I mean, one person got their information from a meme and the other person's listening to Fauci and this person thinks that masks are violating their rights and this person thinks that you have to uh, walk around in a hazmat suit. There's no unifying voice. There's no unifying direction and it's trickled down into sports. Because you're talking about student athletes, amateur athletes that you are sending out onto a field, that you're sending out to to schools who could possibly be infected, spread it to other people, or God forbid, get some lasting effects on them. And don't say that people, that young people don't die from it. That's not factually accurate and that that they are unaffected by it. Also, they're not factually accurate. Is it a small percentage? Yes. But we've already seen cases of, of young people dying and we've already seen cases of young people having lasting effects heart effects, different things that happen to their body from catching this virus. So no, it is not a blanket statement that it doesn't affect kids. There's a reason why these decisions are being made. And it's not because of uh, fear mongering. It's because of the reality that someone could get this virus, become sick and die or become sick and have lasting effects for the rest of their life. And you can't ask amateur athletes to be put in that situation when you haven't put together the proper safety protocol or have your yourself protected from possible liability, which again, is what this is really all about. So is it a disaster? Absolutely. Am I hoping that there's still some college football? Yes, and I think that there will be. I think the SEC and the ACC will move forward, possibly the Big 12, but we'll see. At the end of the day, this was kind of a predictable outcome, even though I didn't want to say it, I didn't want to speak it into existence. It seems we've arrived and um, my, my heart is, as always is, with the actual players because they're the ones that are affected the most. What up, Heller? What am I winning or quitting today? What's up, Joy? A little bit of a weird day in sports today, but uh, the good news is we got some fun bubble beef to talk about. And I'm not talking about that TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler. I got that Pat Bev and Paul George over celebrating a rare Damian Lillard non-clutch moment. Dame Dollar let him have it in the post-game presser. And all three went at it in the comments on IG. Dame, of course, bounced back with 51 the next night. And the Blazers continued hurling themselves towards the eighth seed. And an opening round playoff, pretty pleased, with the Lake Show. Joy, the Blazers will take the Lakers to seven games if they make it to the playoffs, win it or quit it. Well, your, your other co-host, your real co-host, had had something even wilder to say than take him to seven, didn't he? Uh, what, did, what, what did Colin say? Colin said the Blazers are going to win. Oh, no, 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 no. 
Okay, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say quitted. I'll I'll, I'll say it goes to six. Uh, Lakers win, okay. and I'm I'm cool with that. Here's the thing: uh, LeBron James, LeBron James LeBron has James. never lost a first round playoff series, and he ain't starting now. All right, I know everybody's okay. getting a little crazy about LeBron, and I, and I see what LeBron's doing. You know, he's dropping these little seeds of these little seeds of doubt. You know, he's not really in playoff playoff mode yet, and he's not sure about the bubble, and he uh, he's He's missing home, you know. He's he's kind of he's kind of planting these little seeds yep. for uh, lowering the expectations on the Lakers because he's smart. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't want to go into this this first round series with a lot of expectations and it gets crazy because it will. And look, uh, the Blazers are going to win that play-in series. I love Memphis, love John Morant, love how they've been playing. But the Blazers are on fire yeah. right now, so they're they're going to win that. They're going to get the eight seed, and it's going to yeah. be Lakers Blazers first round, which is phenomenal and all of these series are going to be amazing unlike non-bubble times when it's kind of like eh, first round series like eh, we'll right. watch a couple games but it's it's really not that compelling they're usually a sweep or a gentleman's sweep and we go on with our lives however that's not going to be the situation now all this talk about how the blazers are going to beat the lakers i need everyone to calm down a little bit okay like look i love dame all right i love cj mccullum I love the Blazers. They are a great, mellow. fun team. Skinny, mellow. It's incredible. Yeah, all of that. Like, it's, I, I love it. I'm here for all of it. All right? No sarcasm whatsoever. I actually really do like the Blazers. And I think that they're great. And I think if it wasn't the Lakers or the Clippers, they might actually have an opportunity to win okay. the first round, okay. first round series. But it, it, it's not going to happen. It's, it's LeBron James. He's going to snap into playoff mode. He's not going to lose a first-round playoff series. I don't care who else he's got on his team or who else he has to rely on. It's just not going to happen. I don't believe it. I, I, I'm not here for it. I think it'll be a great first-round series, but it's it's just it's not happening. It's the it's the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. He's not going to lose a first-round series. Now, do I have faith they're going to make it all the way to the Western Conference Finals in the finals? Not entirely sure. Again, okay. I think Houston is the team to watch in the playoffs in the Western Conference. Uh, they are they are scary. Like they're they're they have a ton of playoff experience. They have the ability to go off. Not that the Blazers don't, but I they and and they're small ball, which makes it very interesting. And Westbrook and Harden are playing defense now, which is a new thing. I, I you're not into Houston. I know you're not into Houston. I, I I think Houston's a team to actually watch. I love the Blazers, but I don't think that they make it past the first round with the Lakers. I do think it goes longer. I don't think it's going to be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep, but yeah. I don't think they beat the Lakers in the first round. I wasn't quite willing to say it. I, I wanted to hyperbolize and say that the Blazers are going to win them because it was a spicier win it, but it's, it's, it's tough. The whole league, the whole world wants LeBron James and at least to at least make the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers. So they're definitely fighting an uphill yeah. battle. The one thing I think they have over Houston is they can go small and they can go big. With Whiteside and Nurk, they got a couple really solid bigs. Uh, not quite, they're not quite as big as like Denver, who I think also could give the Lakers problems. But I think the Lakers' real problems, and let me get my LeBron wine for this. I think the Lakers' real problem is that it's LeBron and a bunch of bums. <laughs> I think LeBron and uh, after he's after Polinka's done cleaning up, did you hear Polinka was like shagging balls for guys? I think that's <sighs> awesome. But after Polinka's done shagging balls and doing the laundry and LeBron's done coaching practice, him and Polinka and Frank Vogel or Jason Kidd or whichever coach is most popular, 
they just sit around with some vino and they're just talking about, man, I hope Dwight doesn't screw this up for us. The guy can't even wear a mask. Man, JaVale's more worried about his blog. Damn, Dion Waiters was our third leading scorer tonight. We might be in trouble. Where's JR? How can we tell Alex Caruso it's time to shave it? All you- of these things. <laughs> <laughs> that LeBron and them, AD, he probably wants AD to get rid of that brow too, low-key. I know it's distracting for LeBron, but I just, I, I hope they can piece it together because it's what the league wants. But I also kind of want Dame to put him in his place. I mean, Dame putting PG in his place like that, putting Pat Bev in their, in their place like that, that, that made for some pretty entertaining stuff. I want to see at least seven of him trying to do the same to LeBron and AD. I mean, it was obviously the NBA drama that we missed and love about the NBA, all of that. I'm here for all of it, all the drama. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy we can actually talk about it again in real, Cheers. actual form. Cheers. Yeah. yeah LaCroix. Uh, that mango anyway. flavor? What was that? It is. We have a box of those. Are those good? Delicious. I haven't tried them yet. I think this is my favorite flavor. Mm. Um, but you know what else is good? Bubbly strawberry. Mm. I've been seeing the bubbly pop up. Have you had bubbly? I haven't. We're a, we're a LaCroix Spindrift house. Mostly. Okay. Well, bubbly is worth a try. It's okay. uh, it's actually a bit more bubbly than uh, than LaCroix. Mm. So it's it's got it's got a little more fizz to it, and yeah. the strawberry is very strong. I highly okay. recommend it. I'll Side give that a shot. This actually isn't even wine. This is just uh, blackberry cranberry juice. Yeah, Ocean it looks it, it 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 was a little light on the. <laughs> the shade i appreciate it though uh yeah. for effects for visual effects yeah yeah sure. i mean look the third person is going to have to step up we know what anthony davis is going to do lebron is going to be have to be the one in the clutch and then every night it's going to have to be a third person you can't rely on coups every single night that we know that that's but that's not news like that's always been the situation they they're, they're missing rondo avery bradley was a huge loss for them like they need a reliable third guy and they don't have it right now coups may step up who knows but i can't rely on them every single night we're just gonna have to see, but I think that if somebody can step up, and don't forget, even though Danny Green has been really incredibly patchy in the bubble, if Danny so, Green gets into playoff mode, they're not gonna have anything to worry about. So I, 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 they have some pieces there that can shine when needed. Everyone's just gonna have to step up. I'm, I'm with you on Danny Green though. His two best plays of last postseason were both injuring Clay Thompson. So I don't know how much he's bringing to the table besides that. Anyway. Um, all right, uh, keeping it keeping it hoop. Um, listening to uh, R&B artist Tank is the only type of tanking that we support on this podcast. The right. 76ers were supposed to be the modern success story of tanking, but the bubble may have popped that dream. With Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid nursing new injuries and a tough potential first round matchup against the Celtics ahead. I wrote that yesterday, so I don't know if that's true anymore. There are, there's, is a lot for John Hill and the Sixers fans out there to process. Joy, the process is over, but remains forever unfinished. Win it or quit it. Win it. And shout out to John Hill, who we haven't seen in a long time. He is always behind the scenes on the podcast. Can't wait till we can all get back in the studio again. Bro, bro, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm worried. I'm over the process. I always hated this. Um, I hate tanking. I think it sucks for fans. It sucks yeah. for uh, the city. It sucks for players. It sucks for front office. It sucks for coaches. It sucks for assistant coaches. It sucks. The only person <laughs> it doesn't suck for is the owner because they don't care because they've co-signed it. They've allowed this nonsense to happen. It never works. It's a disaster. So low-key, I was always rooting for this to fail because I hate yeah. tanking and I don't want any team 
to be rewarded for this. Now, similarly, the Suns did a lot of tanking over the past couple of years. They're doing great in the bubble. Now, they have wow. t- they have uh, taken us a, a slight turn in that they they hired Monty Williams, who's a great coach and a good guy, and I think that they are slowly starting to develop some of their young pieces. However, Sarver is still in place there, so I don't trust any of it. But nope. when we're talking about the Sixers, I just think this is not working. There are certain situations that no matter how hard you try, it just doesn't work. It's like relationships. It's uh, yeah. working situations. It's uh, the process, whatever it may be. Sometimes you just run into situations that you thought would be great and they turn out to be awful. And that's just what this is. Look, I'm not saying it was a complete disaster, right? They've had some success, but overall it just, it always feels forced. Like it always feels like we just have to accept what's happening with the Sixers because it's the process, it's the process. And I'm a big process person. I believe in the process. I believe in taking the necessary steps yep. to get to where you need to be to be successful right. it, and not skipping things and, and skipping steps and trying to go around the system. But that's literally what the process is about, going around the system because it's tanking. You're not really building. You tanked, you destroyed your franchise to then build it back up again. That's not how it works. You have to constantly retool, develop the yep. players that you have, develop a culture, which they haven't done, Someone's always hurt. There's always something going on. You're missing that player. This player's gone. It just doesn't work, and I'm over it. And it was was a catchy thing, and it was was great. And I'm not bailing on Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid as players, right? I still think they have a future. This just isn't what it is. Joel needs a new nickname. He can't forever be tied to this so-called process that they thought was going to be able to start successfully in losing and then somehow magically turn that later with the same players or similar players into winning. We could go through all the guys that were part of the process who are now somewhere else. And so I think that's what's going to end up being the case for everyone is that the process will continue in Philly without Brett Brown, maybe without Joel. Uh, who knows what's going on with Ben Simmons. Uh, but to your point, tanking doesn't work. Well, it doesn't is- work because no, of exactly what you just said. Like you can't, you can't create an environment of losing and then one day be like, all right, flip switch, now we're winners. No. Now we win. <laughs> you, you grow and you groom winners. And even when you're losing, you have a winner's mentality to losing, which is you take positive things from what it is you're doing. And, and, you're, and you're constantly developing. You're not just like, we're going to lose in order right. to win. It doesn't fundamentally make sense. So that's why this isn't working. I truly believe that. And it's unfortunate because it was a catchy nickname and it was a great time. But we're going to just put this in the, the in a separate chapter of NBA history and move forward collectively because it's just it's not working. This is the this is the game of zones chapter of history, and they'll they'll go. Jamel, this is that uh, season of Game of Zones of Game of Thrones. Uh, Emerson call Game of Zones, obviously for this NBA purpose. Yeah. This is the season where Arya was with those stupid face people and uh, the many face God and, and, and just went on forever. And they never used the storyline again for any valuable purpose later on in the show. It was such a waste of time. I had no idea what was going on. The chick with the stick, it was just nonsense. It was, it was not, they, they didn't need the whole season. There's no value. Okay. And then, that's what, that's what went on with trust the process. And then Joel we waiting for the pregame and it was all over. It was all over. Yeah. <laughs> Hey Donnie, what's going on? High key, low key this week. Oh, my voice cracked. Donnie! Uh, I, didn't, I didn't even notice it. Donnie! <laughs> Puberty. It never leaves. It never All right. Leaves. 
Heike, the Cam Newton era has begun in New England. He's already begun speaking in cliches and generalities like a true patriot does. Loki, does this mean we're going to get a pod cam? Has the replication process begun? Pod cam. <laughs> I miss Pod Tom. Pod Tom is, they, they disposed of him. Yeah, he's you, gone. I don't know if it's you ever not... saw uh, Black Mirror. Did you ever watch That's Black it. Mirror? Put him in a bag, maybe? Do you, remember, do you remember the episode where she got, like, the pod person to replace her fiancé? Yeah, he's, he's yeah. in a tub or something at some point. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I yeah, yeah. They put like the salt in, so creepy. So yeah. that remember they just stored him in like a, an attic because he never ages and he's like just yeah. weird um, and soulless. So uh, that's Pod Tom. He's somewhere in some attic, and real Tom is free to like be his real self now. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they haven't made a, a Pod Cam. It's possible though because he is he is following all the Patriot ways and and saying all these Patriot like things. Yeah. It would imply that they may have a pod cam. However, yeah. I think that he's just buying into what's going on. And I also think actually there's a very genuine part of all this where he does have a massive chip on his shoulder from all of the, the critics and all of the uh, hate that he's gotten over the past couple of years. And he really is fully bought into the I'm the underdog, uh, which yeah. he is like he, he does. He does have a lot to prove. The Patriots have a lot to prove this year. Tom Brady's not there. Obviously, I don't think this is a great situation for the Patriots this year, and eight players have opted out more than any other team. I don't think it's a great situation for the team overall, and I don't think anyone's going to judge what their record is and, and put that on Cam. I don't think it's on Cam to carry this team, but it is on Cam to have a good performance and a good season despite what he may be actually working with. So I, I do think he's buying into the Patriot way, and it's not necessarily a pod cam. I don't think it's fully <laughs> pod cam because he's, he's still got the look, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, pod, yeah. Tom, pod Tom also had the look. Like It was unnatural. Very. Yeah, yeah. Very unnatural. We haven't gotten there yet. No. All right. <laughs> High key, as the NBA regular season comes to an end, here's how much Clippers head coach Doc Rivers cares about his team seeding this last week. Quote, zero. I mean, literally zero. Low-key, with home court advantage off the table, the Clippers have a point in not really caring about the regular season. The Clippers have high-key never cared about the regular season. They don't care about the regular season at all. It's very obvious because they don't let Kawhi Leonard play at all. (laughs) He's never out there, right? Like, he is minding his own business, doing his load management, and they're doing the same thing in the bubble. They don't mm. they worry about these little playing games. The same, this ain't for the Clippers. <laughs> Clippers are built for the postseason. That's why no one was upset about Lou Williams. And and exactly. why no one was concerned that Montrez Harrell hadn't come back, even though he was obviously gone, you know, for a funeral as well. They're not concerned about that. They are concerned about one thing. That's a championship. And you only win championships in the playoffs. And he's right. There is no, there's no seating that's gonna matter. There's no home court advantage so yeah who cares if you're first or third or whatever like you just gotta go through the playoffs and win a championship it just doesn't matter in this in this situation and they haven't been playing for the regular season at all at any point this season anyway now i know my good friend nick wright thinks that this is all must just giving them too much credit and they're really just mm-hmm. actually not that good i don't believe that i think Kawhi <laughs> leonard is that dude it's why i picked the raptors to win the championship last year and everyone thought i was a crazy person but the Raptors are an amazing regular season team, and all they needed was a champion to put them over the top. And look, now right. Canada has an NBA championship to brag about. 
So I think it's going to be the same situation with the Clippers. I picked the Clippers from the beginning of the season for this reason. Unfortunately, and maybe this will be something that the NBA adjusts moving forward, the regular season's too long in the NBA. There's too many games. It's too easy for guys to take nights off. It's too easy yeah. to just cruise through, get a decent seating, you know, try and get home court advantage if you can. If not, whatever, being healthy is more important. And, you know, that's that's an adjustment that they may make in the future. But until then, teams that focus that way and on, on, on the season that way tend to win championships. There's, there's enough evidence of, it, of that at this point. And like you said, it's been the mantra all season. It's nothing new. Nothing new. All right, high key. With Jimmy Butler's return to the lineup, the Heat are at full strength heading into the playoffs. Low key, could Miami be the team representing the East in the NBA Finals? Your team. Is it, is it their time? I've got a, I got a Heat shirt on right now. Uh, love black people like you love black culture. It's a heat heat uh, shirt actually. That's dope. You know, that's heat culture. Heat shirt. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, I I love the heat. Um, I'm I'm starting. I'm really starting to drink the Kool Aid. I've, I've tried to be not an irrational fan this whole season. <laughs> um, obviously, Give they're a playoff it. team. But Give yeah, like, I, I, I'm starting. I'm really starting to buy. It. Well, look, the thing about it is, is Who's the team to be in the East, right? Obviously, it's the Bucs. Any yeah. other matchup, the Raptors, the Celtics, uh, the Nets, the Sixers, the Pacers. We don't, we don't worry about these people. Okay. It's a toss-up. The only team that I'm actually concerned about, really, I'm a little worried about the Raptors. But other than the Raptors, it is is the Bucs, right? Because, you know, you mm-hmm. got Giannis. And that's, that's a difficult situation. But all these exactly. other teams, I really feel like the Heat can make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I, I, I believe that. I don't think that that's crazy to say at this point. Um, the performance last night was amazing against the Pacers. And TJ yeah. Warren has been unbelievable uh, in the down. bubble. Shut him down. And the Heat have a lot of experience. They have a, they have a lot of great vets. Spolstra's not a game. Like, he's mm-hmm. been there before. So, yes. uh, Jimmy Butler... So I'm 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 all in on the Heat right now in the East. Obviously, we know what the Clippers are. We just discussed them. But yeah, yep. I'm buying in. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Heat championship. Anything I is mean, possible. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's probably better. That's probably better. <laughs> all right, Heike. Hard Knocks is back with a double dose of LA. The Rams and the Chargers are the chosen ones this year. Low key, this is our first peek inside of an NFL locker room since the pandemic and the mo- movement for social change. This could be the most unique season yet. Oh, it definitely is. Well, first of all, there's two teams, right? So I, I'm wondering how, like, if it's as invasive for the teams as it usually is to do hard knocks. Because, you know, teams hate doing hard knocks because you have cameras yeah. everywhere and it just becomes, it's it's just an, an extra anxiety on top of getting ready for a season. Well, now we're getting ready for a season in a pandemic. So it's like triple whammy, Right. But right. I'm really, I'm really interested. I think the first couple episodes are going to be extremely interesting because of what you said. What, what do these locker rooms and camps look like? Like they, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to see how the testing is done for all these guys. Like what are they getting yeah. sprayed with as they walk out onto the field? It's going to be super interesting. So it airs tonight. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, we we watch Hard Knocks. I mean, it's, it's, of course we're all going to watch. But uh, yeah. I, I think it'll be interesting having two teams. How much coverage each team gets. Um, because it really yeah. is supposed to be an in-depth look. And if you're doing two teams, how much are you really getting in there? But also, I really want to see how they're doing the testing and what the protocols are and what, what these camps and facilities are looking like with, with all the safety protocols in place. Can't wait. It'll be interesting. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey T, what's going on in Culture Report this week? Hey Joy. So girl, the trailer dropped for Judith and the Black Messiah and I am hyped. I'm so happy to see a movie finally being made about Fred Hampton. Then you got Daniel Kaluuya and like Keith Steinfeld in the same movie. Girl, this is about to be fire. The trailer gave me all the feels. Girl, it was incredibly well cut. And from what I've seen thus far, like Daniel's interpretation of the role looks powerful. He's such an incredible actor. I read this is the first time that Fred Hampton's family has allowed his story to be told. And that's how you do it. This is how you honor Fred Hampton. So I'm so excited. 2021 can't come fast enough. Joy, what did you think of the trailer? Yes, girl. Listen, this this trailer had me in my feelings like you know how sometimes you'll watch a trailer and you're like you, it like gets you fired up like it's like a good sports movie or like something super inspirational like you just know you're gonna watch this film and have all types of feels when it's over I know some people were kind of upset that they they cast a British actor for the film but he's yeah. such an amazing actor and that's what really this is this is about is telling the story in an impactful way I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm sad it's not going to be until 2021. This last five months have felt like four years. 2021 seems like, right. yeah, I man, it's like graduating or something. Like when you're a freshman, like I right. can't wait to graduate. Like you got some time, okay? That's really what it feels like. Absolutely. And, and like I said, how the the family was okay with this movie being made. Obviously, they're okay with Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton. So right, I think he's going to do an incredible job. No, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know the soundtrack is going to be amazing, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right. So, Joy, we have to talk about WAP. And we have to talk about why so many people are outraged by this song. I I don't understand why people allow what celebrities, artists do affect their lives so much. I think I'll just never understand that. Men talk about sex, women, they manhood, killing. And you'll hear people say, oh, that's fire. But then when women WAP about sex it's like there's an outrage it's like make it make sense like this isn't new and I'm not talking about like little Kim and Foxy Brown just to name a few joy we could take this back to 1935 like you can look up Lucille Bogan she has this song called shave them dry listen to it the song is wild but here's the thing if you don't like the song don't listen like this just isn't hard like I don't want to hear about the kids because Clearly, this is an adult song. Like, a good parent is a child's role model. So be a good parent. Don't blame Cardi and Megan. Like, your kids are going to be exposed to worse with the internet around. People, Joy, are just way too bothered. Way too bothered. Stop it. Stop it. Listen, I've been arguing with people about this song all weekend. First of all, it's a bop. Okay, if you don't like the song, fine. I personally feel like it's an anthem. I listened to it like 40 times. I listened to it. I didn't even watch the video that many times. I, I probably watched the video like three times. I've listened to it probably 50. I love this song. But here's the thing. If you don't like what they're saying, don't listen. It's that simple. It's so easy. Don't like it, don't listen. But if your issue is the song, that's fine too. I understand different people have different moral dispositions. My thing is just keep that same energy for everyone all the time. 
that's that's not too much to ask. All I ever ask is what, T? Make it make sense, okay? We have been listening to music like this for how long? You just said it, since the 1930s. I mean, let's just let's just talk about let's just talk about our music, right? Like we're around the same age. I'm 33 years old. We were raised by Trina. Okay, do we, I mean, if you are upset, Come on. I'm gonna ruin your day. Go look up some <laughs> Trina lyrics, all right? Read them and then realize an entire generation of women was inspired by the Diamond Princess, okay? <laughs> like- Probably your Tr parents. <laughs> Trina, Lil' Kim, uh, Foxy Brown, uh, Foxy Charlie Brown. Baltimore, okay? Um, Kia, who am I missing? Like, we could go on and on and on and on and on. And on and on and on. Just even just Nicki Minaj, like just a few years ago before Cardi hit the scene. Like, what are you actually talking about? This is not new. This is not a big deal. And this is nothing that new that, that, that's been in music at all. Are we talking about two live crew? Excuse me? How about, NWA? How about the sample for the song? How about the sample they used for the actual song? It's a sample. Make it make sense. <laughs> Make my, it thing make is, sense. My, my thing is this, like, this type of music is not new, okay, A. B, it's not new to women. So stop acting like if women talk about sex, all of a sudden the whole world is going to turn into a bunch of hoes, which, by the way, is a word only women are allowed to say. Get over it. Everything ain't for you. Actually, as a matter of fact, this song is probably for you. And you know who this song is definitely not for? Children. Why are your children listening to this song? Why? And if you're if you're of age, you listen to the song. Like, say you're like a teenager, and you're terrified your teenage daughter is gonna be influenced by Cardi B and all of a sudden. First of all, Cardi B is talking about her whole husband. While we're out here being upset and in our feelings, she's talking about her whole entire husband. A. She's B. Married, so. Cardi B is not raising your child. She is not responsible. She did not give birth. She was not pregnant with your child. She is not responsible for teaching your child how to behave in real life. And for that matter, well, let me not even get into how you should act with your husbands. But the point is, they are not, Cardi B and Meg are not responsible for your children. No one is responsible for your children but you. If your child has been so poorly raised that they are going to base their entire life decisions based off of what Cardi B has in her song, you have actually failed as a parent. That's on you, boo-boo, and only you, okay? We've had this music for many, many years. We all mostly turned out okay. You can tell the difference between a song and enjoying a song for what it is and completely changing your life path because Cardi B and Meg decided to make a song and throw Kylie Jenner in it. Please relax. All of you need to just relax. And while we're at it, while we're at it, politicians, no one has time for your opinion on this song. We got a whole global <laughs> pandemic to handle. You know what I'm saying? Y'all busy. You have stuff to do that does not involve your opinion on what? It just doesn't. No one, no one cares about it. And I don't know who it was that came out here talking about um, he accidentally heard the song. Sir. He turned that on. Right? I, how, how, where, where were you that this song was accidentally playing? The first 10 seconds of the song should trigger you to what kind of song this is. You did not sit. No, no, no. You picked the wrong day for the internet on that one. No. Right. I follow all of these artists and I still had to go out of my way to listen to the song and see the video. So there was no accidents involved. Happy accidents, right. okay, <laughs> but no accidents involved. So just please miss me with all of it. The bottom line is this, no one's responsible for raising your kids but you. This music's been around forever. It's nothing new. It's certainly not anything new for the men, which you guys seem to have no problem with whatever male rappers talk about. And maybe you just don't have, you just don't like this kind of music. It's too vulgar for you. 
cool. Don't listen to it. Problem solved. Everything doesn't need to be up to your moral standards. Everyone doesn't have to live their life the way that you live your life. You can live your life that way and not be judged. And don't judge other people for enjoying enjoying themselves. And as far as the empowerment goes, I know I'm sorry I'm rambling right now, but I said get one more thing. As far as female <laughs> empowerment goes in this song, some things are not for men. And that's okay. Everything is not about you. If I listen to this song and I feel empowered sexually, guess what? That's not about you. That has nothing to do with you. You not, This is not for you. None of this is for you. <laughs> that one that one little comp, <laughs> none of it's for you. So if I feel empowered sexually by this song, how does that affect your life? It just doesn't. Because you, you don't partake in this at any point, sir. <laughs> so just, just go about <laughs> your day. Okay, enjoy what you were doing before we had this conversation and understand how I feel, how I'm affected by a song or how I'm enjoying a song is not influencing a generation of women. Okay, I enjoyed Lil' Kim. I enjoyed uh, Trina, big fan. Okay, I love My Neck, My Back. The Whisper song came out my freshman year of college. Okay, that's Yin Yang Twins, just so you know. Okay, those are men. <laughs> all right, we have, we have plenty of songs. All right, and we all mostly, like I said, turned out okay. It didn't shape our, our, our sexual freedoms or influence us in any way. We did that person to person, like, like, like people do. So just calm down, take a deep breath, realize everything isn't for you across the board. And no one's responsible for raising your kids but you. I love that. Sorry. I had a lot to get off my chest. Oh, no, well said. Co-sign with all that. <laughs> <laughs> all I right. Do. So, uh, <laughs> um, so happy belated heavenly birthday to Whitney Houston. Um, it's, I can't believe it's been eight years. Like She would have been 57 years old. It's so crazy to still think about. Um, she had one of the most beautiful voices ever. I mean, her voice was just so angelic. Um, and I can't believe I'm about to say this, but they just announced that uh, Whitney's biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody, will be released in 2022. Uh, Joy, you know, I don't even know who their clinic has, but at this point, I don't care. Like, I feel like, haven't we had enough? Like, they were, the, the two that were came out, I believe it was two, they weren't even done right. I think one came out, I didn't even see that one. Another one came out, I think I saw that one. But at this point, I just like we need to let Miss Houston rest in peace. Like I'm over the documentaries and biopics about her. Um, I am probably the biggest Whitney fan. Um, I, I mean, she's, she's right there on my wall like this, singing on my <laughs> wall. I love Whitney Houston. To me, she is the GOAT. Like, she is my all-time favorite voice, period. I think she's the greatest female voice of all time now if you want to argue aretha franklin okay i'm not gonna get upset but to me whitney is just the greatest miss aretha 1a whatever whatever mood you're in you can swap it it's fine but whitney's tragic passing the the way that she's treated and talked about just in general because of her addiction issues it's just like can we just prop if we're going to do this can we just do it properly like like aretha's getting like an actual film about her life that's produced and written like in a way that is respectful of what her artistry was. So I have seen none of the other ones. I'm not interested. I am not going to be here for any of it unless it's done in the proper way at this point. That's how I feel about Whitney. She deserves that. She does. Absolutely. I mean, I put like an Ava DuVernay or somebody behind that. I mean, Clive Davis confirmed it. And I'm just like, I know they have like Anthony McCartan 
I think he, I believe he wrote for Bohemian Rhapsody, so he's gonna be writing it. And I'm just like, okay, so then I, I just, it may be, I don't, it may be properly done, but that's the only yeah. way I want to see it is if it's properly done. Like she deserves that. She did not. She, she was not treated with the respect that she deserved in her passing. Just the way that the police treated her when they found her, like all of it was disgusting. And even the way that people talk about her now, like addiction issues are okay for some people, they're not okay for other people. It's like mental health gets treated this way when it's this person and not this person. Like she deserves a respectful movie about her life that is done at the level of that her artistry was. I completely agree. Because she's Whitney Houston. It's like she's the best of the best. Like the go, yes. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure that you go and subscribe. To the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast on YouTube, you can listen to the podcast on any podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or iHeartMedia app, and follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we are doing the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast fantasy football league again this year. Uh, we are going to have NFL this year, so we are going to be sending out information for that very soon. So make sure you stay tuned if you want to play in the Fantasy Football League this year with the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. And have a great week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.